0: I'm a big fan. Good afternoon, good evening listeners, whatever time zone you're in, it's 5 o'clock somewhere I believe, Well, we're drinking. Probably, I don't know. It's way past 5 o'clock for us, uh, but uh, yeah, we're recording an episode today. Did I mention the name of the podcast or what you the hell you're listening to? Probably not, why don't you go ahead and do that Ryan? <laughs> Welcome to the Unrestricted <laughs> Podcast with Josh and Ryan, I'm one of your co-hosts Ryan. And of course I'm Josh. What's up Josh? Not much,
1: just... We're hoping today we're going to answer the magical question that is on everyone's mind. Do you want to know what the magical question is?
0: Is reality real?
1: Oh, well, that's a good one, but I was just hoping to decide which is the third boob. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Of course, we're talking about... (laughs) No, no. We're talking about the movie Total Recall today.
0: Yeah, we're we're talking about Total Recall now. (laughs) Let's just take a sidebar here. Oh, okay. I, um... Which is the third boob? I, I see that scrawled in your notes here in big letters. Yes. And, uh, can I just say your notes look like a serial killer's notebook? <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate that. What, what was your uh, state of mind when you were taking these
1: notes here? I may have been a little tipsy. Just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit? Just a little bit. <laughs> you know what? It made the movie even more fun. Were,
0: you weren't planning any murders or anything? No. <laughs> no murders planned, I promise. Okay. 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 I, 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 I'll,
1: I'm be too nervous? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, it was a Paul Verhoeven movie. You never know
0: yeah. what kind of gory mess you're going to step into. We're returning to the universe of Paul Verhoeven. We um, wait. Are they all in the same universe? Is this the same universe (laughs) as Robocop? Uh, Robocop. I don't think it's the same universe, but they they could be, right? Dude, let's go. You know, uh, Minority Report was also based on a Philip K. Dick story, just like Total Recall. Mm. And Minority Report was going to be kind of a a semi-sequel to Total Recall. Oh, Um, wow.
1: They should have done that a little bit. Play that up a little bit more. Although, very good movies. Nice job, Tom Cruise. Yeah. One of his better movies... In, in
0: my personal opinion. Steven Spielberg did a great job. And uh, didn't Steven Spielberg take over for Stanley Kubrick? Or was that with AI?
1: You know, I'm... I think that was with AI. Maybe. I'm not really
0: sure. Anyways, yeah. Great movie. We're not talking about that one, though. We're talking about Total Recall. Um, 1990. Which you have co- a copious amount of notes for. Yes. See. Very, very co- A Francis Ford copious amount of notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Paul Brehoeven. Mm-hmm. We're just returning to his realm, right? We mention him during the the RoboCop episode. He's just a brilliant political and social satirist.
1: Mm-hmm. And we're just going to be throwing out dad jokes, just like Johnny, the Johnny Cab, <laughs> yeah. just all all over the place. <laughs> I promise. Johnny
0: Cab, one of the great characters
1: in this film. Character,
0: <laughs> I suppose. I mean, yeah. Right on, man. Johnny Cab. So, Total Recall, this is just another anti-capitalist, anti-nationalist, anti-jingoistic film. Uh, which jingo, I don't know what that means. Anti-jingoistic, well, this one's not, maybe not as anti-jingoistic as, like, one of Paul Verhoeven's later films, Starship Troopers. What's a jingo? But, uh, jingoistic means... Uh, the jingo, pro like, pro-military, like...
1: Oh. Like hell yeah! Here comes the air force. So okay, like, I got you.
0: Yeah, Mil- um,
1: like militaristic kind yeah, of thing. Right. Yeah, there were no commercials for you know nuclear bomb you know board games and this right. one. And so, but I, I did notice right away this
0: like newscast thing that he yeah that he, he kind of likes to do in his movies. It, it's still full of a lot of satire. Maybe yeah. not as much as Robocop. Maybe more of a serious. Edge to it, sure. A little bit about Paul Verhoeven that I found out that was interesting. He he published a book in 2008 about Jesus entitled Jesus of Nazareth, A Realistic Portrait, which in okay. the book, he, he kind of depicts Jesus as more of a radical political activist okay, rather than a miracle worker, right? So he focuses more on his activism sure. and him being a prophet. Well, that's
1: cool, man. Yeah. Activism, something we can all get
0: behind. Hell yeah, right? Um, Another thing about Paul Verhoeven, he, he grew up in Nazi-occupied the Netherlands, right? So okay. he, he grew up in The Hague actually oh. during world war ii when it was nazi occupied and he has a couple quotes I, I want to read that kind of get us into his mindset about about cinema about life and about society right so he has this quote about moral ambiguity in his films he says i have a hard time believing in all these hero stories people are complex to see them as heroes and villains is an american idiosyncrasy to divide the world into good and and evil. Right. So we see in his films. There's a lot of you know. We mentioned in the podcast a lot. Almost every episode, we mentioned this gray area, right, mm-hmm. with with characters, you know. And and radar movies do a great job of exploring the gray area,
1: or, or sometimes just the dark yeah. area, but but maybe in unexpected ways, like the darker area of heroes, right, or yeah, people we wouldn't expect.
0: And and he takes this concept that he puts into his his films characters. From his own life. So, like I said, he grew up in The Hague during World War II in, in Nazi-occupied The Hague. And he there's this, this couple of uh, lines from the Los Angeles Times, the LA Times. It says, The 68-year-old filmmaker recalls his father going on bicycle trips with tires made out of slats of wood, since there was no rubber to be found. When his father would return with a piece of cheese and a slip of bread, the family would dance with joy. Everyone was too hungry to brood over the fact that the family's benefactor was a grocer who was a Nazi collaborator. Hmm. So the people, you know, giving the family food and and helping them survive... Were also the ones... Were Nazis. Suppressing them. Right? So he gave... There's a quote here. He gave the food to us because my father, a school teacher, had given his son a good education. So even as a young Mm. boy, I felt that people who did terrible things were still human enough to care about their neighbors. And that kind of delves into the concept of the banality of evil. Which... Mm -hmm kind of is explored in his films. It's, it's it's something that I think would be beneficial for more people to explore of just how seemingly good people can participate in evil things.
1: Yeah. It just, it, it makes so much more sense to our brains to have things that are just black and white and categorized and with labels on them. Yeah. And just makes more sense to us. But the great thing about cinema and movies is that,
0: we can challenge ourselves to think outside of those labels, you know? Right. And, and and that's the great thing is is to be able to, or allow yourself to think outside the labels and not just be constrained to this black and white thinking, right? Right.
1: And to connect it to our religious history, you know, that is something that you really, at least for me, I have begun to explore more outside of a very black and white religious structure um and so this movie really spoke to me Ryan. it really did
0: can just in general in in what ways did this movie speak to you and, and and what what kind of things did it wake up in you
1: well here's my elevator pitch for this movie okay okay the truman show meets the fugitive meets inception to me that's like this movie those three ideas wrapped up in one that's perfect. Okay, and then I, I'm sure a lot of ex-religious people, especially ex-Mormons, they feel like when they left religion, it was like waking up to a, their the real reality of their lives, like Jim Carrey's character in The Truman Show.
0: L- let's get into that, because yeah. this is something that was really important to me coming out of... Transitioning out of religion was these movies that are based around hyper-realities, or, or basically... A simulation of a world that at first is seemingly real, but it doesn't actually exist, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or it's not the world you thought it was, right? right. So you mentioned mm-hmm. The Truman Show and Inception. You know, I have a list of some movies that I would put in that same category. Sure, okay. go ahead. We have The Matrix. The Matrix. Right? Yeah. We, um, we have The Wizard of Oz. This one is actually more of um, looking behind it's the more curtain, more flipped, right? right? yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have Pleasantville. Have you seen that one?
1: Uh, I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. Okay. So that's a Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst?
0: I believe so. I, I'm not sure if Kirsten Dunst is. Well, that's, that
1: that's the one where it starts out in black and white and eventually
0: turns color. Right. Dark Cities, kind of a, a, a Matrix-like like movie. Mm-hmm. We have men in I, I would categorize men in black in this because you have this oh. hidden world. Okay. Right, with the aliens and then they use the neuralizer the brain neuralizer to kind of erase memories okay right? to, to, I can to, see that to keep the status quo basically Jacob's Ladder is a great film with uh, Tim Robbins I believe that's his name Susan Sarandon's ex-husband I don't know um, anyways Jacob's Ladder is a great film that kind of depicts this world that slowly delves into insanity and madness mm-hmm. and we find out that he's actually in purgatory the whole time
1: oh wow okay
0: um eternal sunshine of the spotless mind
1: i have seen no i haven't is that the jim carrey one jim carrey and kate, and kate winslet. winslet i have not seen that
0: it's we should if we don't have it on the list we should put it on the list
1: okay let's go man yeah, uh, that could you be mentioned
0: one. inception and other another leonardo DiCaprio movie that i would categorized in in this would be Shutter Island. Oh my god.
1: Such a freaking crazy movie. A good movie. That I saw when I was Mormon that I felt so eww about after I watched it. Although, part of that is just some of the things of the movie. Yeah. Also, a really good book. I did read the book. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But another one that just explores the concept of Mm hyper-realities, right? And the last one I have for this list would be, uh, and you know, this is an extensive list. I'm sure there's more movies, but George Lucas's one of his uh, first films was THX 1138. Have you seen that? I've one? heard yeah. lots
1: about it, but I've okay. never. That's sat one down that to I would watch
0: recommend. It. It's a dystopian future where people live underground and they're given drugs to Uh keep them docile and and Mm. obedient to Uh, Another one we can add to that list is probably
1: 1984.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, all these movies about hyper-realities, these quote-unquote waking-up movies, were very important to me in transitioning out of Mormonism. And there's this quote by this ex-Mormon, I believe, in Germany, how he explained his own transition out of Mormonism and how it was like being on Space Mountain and having the lights just come, just just turn on while sure. he's on Space Mountain. Sure. So you can see all the behind the scenes, you can see all the the inner workings, and all the magic is gone. Yeah, the whole reality which was being presented to you, you see all the manipulation. So I had a
1: similar experience. For me, it was. <laughs> I kept thinking of, as I was kind of starting to trans- transition out, I kept thinking of the old fable Emperor's New Clothes. Yes. The Emperor's New Clothes. Yeah. And I felt, like, I felt like I finally realized that the prophet was naked. <laughs>
0: Yeah. That's that's one of those you know? <laughs> that's one of those um, fables which you learn in elementary, but you don't really get the high concepts of it until later on in life. You don't know, but but
1: I, I realized there are other things going on here that I've convinced myself to see that I haven't realized.
0: Right, right. It's it's kind of like in the Matrix where one of the characters chooses to stay in the Matrix because he says ignorance is bliss he would rather not know about the real world and just stay in this manufactured world this Mm -hmm. fake world because it's more blissful it's more pleasant well i've had that thought many times in fact Marissa and I have talked about this many times.
1: Where if we if we could go back and just be ignorantly happy with everything in in church and everything, we've talked about this, right, Marissa? We totally would. It's just so much easier. Like we're in in a, in a way, we're a little envious of the people who've stayed in the church yeah. and can just somehow wish away all of the crap and just like
0: be happy with it. Right.
1: But, you know, we could not do that anymore.
0: Right. But like in the last episode, we talked about moral codes, right? Sure. So, if you really pay attention to your own moral code, could you say to yourself, ignorance is bliss, I'd rather stay.
1: Well, that's why we left. Exactly. Right? We we had to stay true to ourselves. Right. And, you know, you can pretend... But, you know, there's, there's people that say you
0: need religion to have a moral code. And right. And what would you that, say to those people?
1: I'd say that's messed up. You that's don't. Normal. No, You. But, but I thought that... I. And, and when you leave religion, you have family members or other people say, well, what's going to stop you from having sex with a million people <laughs> and My getting people addicted, addicted to drugs. And, and then like, Joseph Smith have a million, I mean, I mean, million partners. <laughs> no, the show After,
2: After Life, yeah, some, some Christian lady that works with Ricky Gervais in the show was like, so if you're an atheist, what keeps you from murdering and raping all the people that you want? And he's like, I go around raping and murdering as much as I want, which is zero. <laughs> 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 Yeah. <laughs> the moral code doesn't stop you. Like, I don't have to have a religious moral code to just, like, not be a shitty person.
0: Yeah. That, there's a line in the HBO show True Detective where Matthew McConaughey's character is an atheist. And he basically says, if you need religion to not do shitty things, then you're a shitty person, basically. You know, that, that's the gist of it.
1: Well, but that's the thing, is that religion creates a problem and then offers you the solution or yeah. the antidote. If you believe what... I.e. families. When you believe what the religion tells you, the religion tells you that you are not good enough. You are not a good enough person without the religion.
0: But but, but it's also scare tactics, right? Like, like you say, they, they create a problem and they offer the solution. They create a problem of, well, if you don't, have this religion, you can't be with your family forever. Right. right? That's the problem they create. So the solution is okay, get sealed to your family. You're
1: taken spiritually hostage. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I mean, you feel bad for Arnold's character in this movie. Yeah, You feel bad for him and I felt like him. I feel bad for the new Arnold and I feel bad for the old Arnold.
0: I felt a lot of empathy for him in knowing that there's something wrong with the reality in which he's living mm-hmm. and wanting to escape it mm-hmm. right so there's points at all of our in, in all of our lives where maybe something isn't going as planned right or or where something doesn't feel right we're giving in too much to the demands of others rather than following our own dreams or whatever you know and then he has this realization and i felt very empathetic toward his character of his transition into following his intuition because that, that's basically what it is it's not anything more than an intuition
1: sure but he's put into this box where he's told certain things are bad right right like mars is bad yeah uh the total recall or the whatever the memory people are bad Re- recall
0: yeah mm-hmm.
1: and w- we get the same messages you know as members of a church you know certain things are bad Religious materials that do not come directly from the church are bad. People who we call anti-Mormon are bad. History is bad. Science is bad. (laughs) The list goes on. Uh, You know, rated R movies are bad. My entire life, I thought rated R movies were bad, and I was like, you know, I was like Arnold, like, oh, I wish I could go to Mars. That sounded like a really bad Arnold accent. I am really sorry. Just Just like lots of. My but I, I'm like going to Mars is bad. <laughs> <Get> <laughs> to, the the go to the chopper got the chopper. But no, I, you know, I remember having thoughts like, God, I wish I could watch all these cool movies, you know, but well, rated R is bad. Or yeah. I, you know, I would love to try this new thing, or I'd love to try that new thing, but that is bad. It's a rough existence until you break out of it and start going through that transition.
0: Me- members <laughs> in our former religion including us. We were told not to think for ourselves. We were told to listen to our ecclesiastical leaders, to listen to our parents, to listen to our prophets. Mm -hmm. And they would give us a very black and white view of the world. This is bad. This is good. This is bad. This is good. There was no gray area. And it was a form of control. Everything was a form of control. What you wear, what you drink, what you eat how you behave, what you say, what words you use, what you listen to, what you media you consume.
1: Marissa, what do you have you think? to say? Go ahead, Marissa.
2: Okay, so somebody that we knew went on a mission, somebody in one of our families. Yeah. And they had shared a post from a popular Mormon Instagram post called okay. Come Follow Me Daily about how they felt bad because after they went to the temple, they didn't... They didn't relate to it and it felt weird to them. Mm. So they were about to leave on this mission and I wrote them a letter and we had had conversations. They knew that we were out. I told them that I would support them no matter what. But the one thing that I said, regardless of religious beliefs, was to not give away your brain. The church likes to make this connection to be a, a sheep, like to, to be part of the,
0: the, herd. the
2: herd of Christ, you know, that Christ is the great shepherd. And part of that is that we are the sheep. Yeah. But if you actually look up what sheep are, sheep are so dumb. Their brains are like the size of a walnut and the, it, they don't it, think it, for ignorant themselves. Ignorant
0: followers, you know.
2: Yes. And, and so they,
0: they need a shepherd and they need a like a, a shepherd dog or a shepherd. You
2: know. I I ended up just saying like, I support you going on your mission if that's what you want. We'll write you. We'll send you packages. Like we wish you the best. I hope yeah. you learn all the things but just don't give your brain away. Like when when you start conforming to that that sheep mentality, where I shouldn't think on my own, I should only think of what Christ wants me to do, you just lose so much of your life. You lose you lose what what makes you special.
0: It's giving up a lot.
2: It is, and it's- so in the end, that's what that's the only bit of advice. I'm like, go serve, go do what you feel like is right. But when you stop being you. When you start giving away that brain, like, if nothing else, just think for yourself. Like, think of everything that they ask you to do and be like, is this what I want to do? Is this what feels right to me? Because when you bring, when you give away your brain, you literally are a sheep. Yeah. And, yeah, you'll follow blindly.
0: When you're in that mindset, because I've been there, right, I served a mission, you believe it to be one of the most selfless acts you could do and this this concept of being selfless is very overrated in a lot of aspects when it comes to religion you can be non-selfish but still put yourself first right and that's what i've come to learn Uh, post-religion is is putting myself first doesn't mean i'm a selfish person it means i'm looking out for me so that i can love those around me better
1: You can't give away your whole self and still have something to give to other people.
2: When I give away my whole self, I go crazy. I don't show up for my kids better. I actually show up for them worse.
1: Mm Right. I have to
2: take time for me. I have to take those snippets of time where I don't have to be giving, giving, giving. It's so important to take care of yourself. And unfortunately, I don't feel like probably any of us were raised with, with the concept that you have to fill your cup first. I can't be filling my kids' cups if my cup is empty. And I know that's a really overrated M- example. Metaphor. No, I mean,
0: cliche. It, I mean, it works. I mean, it's true.
2: It's it's true, though. Like, when when you have these missionaries who are trying so hard to fit the mold and to be the little, you know, the little robots.
0: I was an empty shell as a missionary for a good part of my mission. Mm-hmm. I had zero testimony. I was repeating things I, I learned in the mission manual, in the Come Follow Me manual. Just following the script, basically. Yeah, And just following the rules, following the script, and doing what I thought I needed to do. And I was an empty shell. I wasn't me. I didn't feel like me. I didn't develop my own character. And it wasn't until later, you know, we talk a lot about Arrested Development on this show. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't I, I still feel like I'm not a fully developed adult. 30 35 years old, you know. I
1: feel the same way, man. The way that adults are infantilized, I'm assuming that's the right word, or made made to be to feel like children.
0: Yeah. As an adult
1: is is wrong. Like, I I feel the same way. I feel like I I haven't grown to a full adult at this point in my life at the same age, you know?
0: But at least now we've grown to accept the concept of self-love, self-care, and also that we don't have to confine ourselves to these strict rules and these regulations, and we can really find out who our true selves are, right? Right, Mm mm-hmm. (laughs) I'm a confident woman, damn it. Damn it!
2: I am a confident woman, damn it!
1: (laughs) Alright, so we've been talking a lot about our... uh Religious trauma, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't we? Uh, Are we? to talk about a movie, movie, right? Yeah. yeah
0: but does this I has mean, become a therapy session? For yes. Us.
1: We can just take a memo on all of the things we've talked about today, and then go have meetings with our therapists <laughs> tomorrow.
0: Pay someone to help us through this. Yeah.
1: But um, no, I mean, I, I don't want too much of our personal history to get in the way of us talking about this really kick-ass movie. It's really,
0: just a great movie. Um, it's based on a short story by Philip K. Dick, which I men- mentioned previously. Uh, the story was called. We Can Remember It for You Wholesale. There have been other films based on Dick's stories, which include Blade Runner, A Scanner Darkly, The Man in the High Castle, which was a series on Amazon, I believe. Hmm. Minority Report, which I mentioned before, and The Adjustment Bureau, which is, oh, was actually good. Oh, yeah, I like that movie. Yeah. Also, this film, we see the return of screenwriter Dan O'Bannon, which we mentioned previously in the podcast. Do you remember which episode we mentioned Dan O'Bannon in? I don't remember. So, he worked previously with John Carpenter, who we mentioned in the Halloween, right, Halloween podcast, right? He worked with John Carpenter on Dark Star before taking a lot of those ideas to write the script for Alien. So he's right. the one that wrote Alien. Oh, right? and okay. And he's, he's cool. one of the three credited
1: screenwriters on this movie, I believe. Okay, sure. I can. I mean, there are kind of aliens in this movie. Yeah. I guess they call them mutants. <laughs>
0: right.
1: Or Because they were somehow affected by... You know, the lack of oxygen or whatever's going on on Mars. On Mars, right. Because Mars is a fucking
0: weird place, apparently. Let, let's get right. right into it, you know? So <laughs> that's where we're introduced at the beginning of this film. Um, the year is 2084. Nice. The location is the red planet, Mars. The planet's been colonized at this point by a large mining corporation.
1: hmm
0: And then... We're introduced to kind of a, a, a dream sequence that Douglas Quaid is having, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, right? Sure. So he's dreaming about being on Mars, and it's a nightmare, right? And, and he has his head explode. <laughs> I mean, just big, you know, bulging eyeballs from, right from the beginning, Ryan. Just <laughs> great practical effects. <laughs> so Douglas, Douglas Quaid, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, is a construction worker on Earth. But, again, the year's 2084. He's happily married to Sharon Stone. Her character's name is Lori in this movie. She just looks amazing in this film. Yep. But he's, for some reason, he's dissatisfied with his life, right? He's, he's just not happy with certain aspects of what's going on in his life. Mm-hmm. On, on the way to work, he sees an advertisement for Recall, which is the company that implants these dreams into customers' heads. So they, they they give you memories. It's right. just as good as the real thing. Why spend all the money to go on vacation when <laughs> we can give you a vacation memory? Right. So they implant these fake memories, and they call them kind of vacations, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> these memory memory vacations. He's advised not to do this by one of his coworkers, Harry. But he does not they, t- right? they tell him that if he goes and
1: does it, it'll go wrong and he'll have to get a lobotomy or something, you know. Right. They just mess
0: with your brain. Which may or may not happen. It's kind of ambiguous what happens. There is the end. some ambiguity. Anyway, so uh, Doug ignores his co-workers, please, not to not to do the memory implant. He he goes to recall this kind of uh, very corporate atmosphere kind of lab place, right? Right, and they're just selling him everything. He orders a special package <laughs> for Mars <laughs> to take a trip to Mars. Apparently,
1: <laughs> Mars isn't very glamorous. It's like the shithole of all vacations. It's like I don't know what
0: <laughs> in real life. Where would Mars like what oh, crappy L- Lake Tahoe? But Lake no, Tahoe. <laughs> like, no, it would be geez, like Branson, Missouri. Branson,
1: Missouri. I've never so I've never been here. But well, like Tijuana, maybe Tijuana. <laughs> Is um, Mars like a Tijuana?
0: Hmm. I don't know maybe yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess what's more intriguing to him is that um, the memory includes him being a secret agent yes right? so, so
1: somehow this is like speaking to him like Mars secret agent right
0: and he can also like choose a partner uh, his a love interest <laughs> yeah, right and so he kind of does this uh, character creation thing yes brunette athletic
2: so how do you like your women blonde brunette Redhead?
0: Brunette.
2: Slim, athletic, voluptuous, athletic. Demure, aggressive, sleazy, be honest,
1: sleazy, demure. (laughs) Brunette and athletic. Um, Crazy, I mean,
0: Demure. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets hooked up and everything, and then you know things kind of go wrong almost immediately. Mm-hmm. He we get some uh, some good old fashioned Arnold Schwarzenegger rage, at I, this I, point. Frankenstein rage, like
1: <laughs> get me out of here! What
0: are you doing? What are you doing for me? <laughs> 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 he, he's ranting about you know being a secret agent having his cover blown how you know people are going to come and, and, and kill everyone kill him and kill everyone so he breaks free the doctors are you know whatever they're like what happened he believes it's real and she's like we didn't even put in the memory yet <laughs> yeah they're, they're trying to sedate him and, and calm him down and he goes my name is not Queen <laughs> It is not a tumor! I'm not related to Randy Quaid or Dennis Quaid! Um, I
2: thought you guys weren't
0: doing offensive accents. We're not
1: doing any particular group. It's just a one-person accent. Punching up is okay. (laughs) We just don't
0: punch down. Yes. And with Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's definitely punching up. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So the the director for the company, Recall, he kind of thinks he knows what's going on, that he, he thinks that Doug is is just acting out the secret agent part. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, they haven't implanted the, the memory yes, yet, right? Yes,
1: the other lab techs are like, uh, no, I think these are real memories. What's going <laughs> on?
0: Right, and so the director kind of goes to his team and says, you know, Erase all the memories. Of recall, refund the customer. And just and drop him off in the middle yeah. of nowhere and let him figure <laughs> his crap out. Give him a refund. Send <laughs> him <laughs> home. And so, um, at this point, Quaid Arnold Schwarzenegger he he wakes up in one of these cabs, these Johnny cabs that you mentioned. Yes. Are they, so?
1: Are they modeled after Johnny Carson? Is it supposed to be Johnny Carson? That's
0: very interesting. I think that's, that's what, th- what I thought. And it he looks even a lead. lot like Johnny. Carson. Okay. And that, now that you mention it, I didn't yeah, yeah. think and that. Like up dad
1: jokes and stuff. It's like.
0: <laughs> How did I get here? You walked in the door, dummy. Now, now Johnny Carson wasn't known for dad jokes. I wanted to say. Okay, (laughs) well, (laughs) but yeah, he has a very um, you know very dry sense of humor. Sure. Johnny Cab, it's a it's a robot driver, right? Yeah. The practical effects in this movie are just on par. They are. They're great. They're they're just great, right?
1: Like so, uh, RoboCop had. Some practical effects too, but they were not as good as this. Yeah, it had
0: some stop-motion animation in RoboCop, whereas this uses a lot more just prosthetics, I guess makeup,
1: and, and prost- yeah like prosthetics and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. It was pretty terrifying. Some of it was. Yeah. Anyway, I thought Johnny Cab was actually
0: kind of creepy. So the Johnny Cab takes him to the subway station, so he can uh, go home on the train. He's attacked at this point in the by dark by a, a bunch of men. And one of these men is his co-worker.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Harry. They start accusing him about talking about Mars. Quaid doesn't remember anything, right? No,
1: nope, nothing. Point. He still thinks that he's just Doug Douglas Quaid. Right. Previous
0: life. Yeah. He's or his th- program life. Still Douglas D- Douglas Quaid. I can barely speak at this point. I'm pretty wasted. So he shoots his co-worker. And he kills the whole, the, whole the other like, guys. posse. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, how did I do that? Oh, what am I doing? <laughs> Bloody fuck. I'm so sorry. And he goes home. Right. And so he has these like secret agent skills. He has these fighting skills, right. which he doesn't know where he got. Right. Exactly. He's apparently some sort of secret agent. Ooh, it's
1: so. like the born Identity. Right. We didn't even talk about the born Identity.
0: <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> that, that, that could go on the list that yes. I mentioned previously. Um, so he goes back home to Lori to tell her what the fuck is going on. She attacks him, yes, at like this badass moment. assassin
1: yeah. style. Yeah, like.
0: like Sharon Stone is really Woo! good in this movie, and, and yeah, she's got some great fighting moves. They have this really, really for me, just growing up as an as an adolescent viewing this movie, just a really sexy fight. <laughs> I will second that, Ryan. <laughs> They fight, Doug seduce her, he, with
1: he
0: his, has to, <laughs> with <the> sausage <laughs> with his sausage <gasps> Okay, I'm
1: sorry, like the beginning of the movie, he like embraces his wife, and all I could think was, those freaking fingers it's are just, so huge. It's like a fucking baseball man. he's like Andre <laughs> the Giant, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, that was totally off course, I mean, but I had to say it. Anyway.
0: I'm guess. sure her character wouldn't like yeah. that, right? No, yeah, Whatever. <laughs> But he escapes. Yeah, he interrogates her, escapes. He kind of pressures her into revealing that his original identity was erased, mm-hmm. and he had a new one implanted. Right?
1: right. She kind yeah, she kind of just spills the beans.
0: And so the new one includes, you know, her being his wife, and basically she's like his handler, like she has to like watch over him. Right.
1: And she keep she keeps trying to convince him to not
0: hurt her. <laughs> so right.
2: She's like, you wouldn't hurt me, would you? Oh, baby.
0: <laughs> and then he's like, if I'm not me, who the hell am I? I want to run into the <laughs>
1: I just, he escapes. Right. And he's just, he's determined to get to Mars. Right. Um, and he gets, he, uh, he kind of gets into contact with some, a person that helps him, gives him some clues on like where to go next
0: right so he runs into a a couple people right so laurie has a real husband named richter Mm -hmm. played by michael ironside in this movie he's this uh, like another secret agent right and he works for this uh mysterious agency which is run by the dictator of mars basically and so this guy richter who's laurie's real husband apparently he wants to kill Quaid, right so Richter and his men, they try to kill him, but, you know, they have this on-foot chase through the streets. Quaid escapes and kills some of his men. Um, they get a reappearance
1: of Johnny Cab. Oh, yeah. And then <laughs> and then he, like, crashes the Johnny Cab, and uh, and the Johnny Cab, I don't know if you ask him to pay, and then he refuses to pay, and the Johnny Cab goes like...
0: <laughs> and, like, self-destructs. out, yeah. You're in a Johnny Cab. The fare is 18 credits, please. Sue me, dickhead. Ah! We hope you enjoyed the ride! <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a very, um... Yeah, like, is that the future we're headed toward with with autonomous... I don't know, man! ...machines? One other time. <laughs> one well, time.
1: eventually he gets to Mars. He ne- I, that's the next part that I remember is he goes to Mars. He gets a call or some sort of video call because their cell phones are just big screens with video cameras on them. Right. Apparently, so he gets a call from one of his old buddies from the agency or whatever who says, "Hey, you need to get you need to get to Mars." And then he gets like a video message from himself. Right. Right from from he finds out his former identity is ha- Hauser. Right. And so Hauser. Gives him instructions to remove this giant orb from up his nose, like yeah. in his brain. Right. Remember that? He, like, sticks it up his nose. He, and,
0: like,
2: he, he, he gets in his
0: suitcase, suitcase basically, with a yeah. bunch of, like, uh... You know you're oh, yeah. in the
2: right place when you hear the crunch.
0: Right. Oh, yes. <laughs> yep, that's true. He, he puts a towel on his head at one point to disrupt, disrupt this, the disrupt the like, frequency. Because <laughs> totally that would work in 2084. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he gets all these the, the spy gear inside the suitcase.
1: I think, I think we can just jump to, he pulls out the, the tracker or whatever, and then he gets to, he knows he needs to go to Mars. Like his right. future or his past self tells him, hey, you need to get your ass to Mars.
0: So he arrives on Mars. It's basically, like I said at the beginning, it's a mining colony, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of the people living there are like these mutants, right? These deformed people, mm-hmm. including, uh, uh, what did you have in your notes? What did I have in my about, notes? about one of the mutants?
1: Oh yeah, the three boobed mutant. <laughs> that would be my mutant power if I could to have three one. boobs. Uh, maybe. Never mind. I don't want to get too vulgar. I mean, that, that, that's one of the like
0: most prominent or most talked about scenes of this movie. I, I, I believe. I think so. Um, we just, by the way, we decided that the third boob is the middle boob. So the third, meaning the fake boob, is the middle. Yes. Boob? Okay. But I don't know. I mean, it would have to be. I right? feel like
1: I still feel like. They could have just had all three of them were fake. They could have just put a whole thing.
0: No, I I, I think you're right though. I think only one of them was fake. Oh,
1: so two of them are real.
0: Not, not that I studied the scene and. I paused it and sure. looked, and I
1: couldn't figure it out. But I,
0: I, I do we do we did decide we think it is the middle boob. <laughs> did you know there was a lady a couple years back who had actual surgery to look like the mutant from the movie? To she got a third boob. Attached um, to her chest. Okay, that's really strange. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Shasha's dream come true. Not
0: really, no. Doesn't make a lot of sense okay. to me.
1: Okay, <laughs> good For So, her, lots of kind of weird.
2: You have to pay so much. People some weird
1: kinks. People. Well, that's true. That's true.
0: We have <laughs> so we have these mutants, right? In, that live on Mars. So some of them have like psychic abilities. There's a lot, of, lots of radiation on Mars. Sure, really like, bad air quality. Just the perfect combination to make. Weird, crazy-looking people. Arnold Schwarzenegger's characters follow to Mars by the people chasing him. Uh-huh. They see some graffiti that the mutant leader is a threat, basically.
1: Right. So there are some rebels on Mars, right, led by Quato. I think is his name. Quato. Yeah. Quato. Right. Uh-huh. And so they're basically trying to, like, I don't know, take down. Government on Mars, something it's like that. It's a little Just vague. Take but up, basically, t- take it, down the authoritarian right.
0: corporate overlords. Sure.
1: And then, so when when Arnold gets to Mars, he he gets like a note. Uh-huh. He goes a tip. He goes to the bank, gets a note out of the safe box, and it says, "Go to wherever it is." Right, but There's he love. can't.
0: He can't appear as himself at this right. point. Right. Oh, so yeah. he, he dons this <laughs> disguise.
1: Oh, that's how he gets to Mars. He has to take the disguise. Use this disguise he
0: he, he he uses this uh, disguise where he, he's dressed like this large, you know, overweight uh, woman. Woman where he, you know. and it's just like a robot suit. I, I, I remember this scene being used in a lot of, like, special effects documentaries. And, you know, I, I was really into special effects as a kid. I, I, would, I would check out books from the library that would talk about special effects. And, and they would talk about this scene. Where I, I believe it was stop motion, where he takes off the mask, right? Dude, it was freaking crazy. And just the way it takes off, like like you you see her actual face, but like further for for its time, the special the special effects were just
1: well, I could definitely amazing. see that that particular scene being an inspiration or influence on like Men in Black stuff, because there yeah. in Men in Black there are characters that live inside of like robot people anyway. It blew my mind. Honestly, it was it was impressive and really kind of scary. Like, I might have nightmares about that lady. She was creepy.
0: But, I mean, the the whole wearing the disguise kind of doesn't work, and he's exposed Still as Still has himself, to escape. Right, so he has to escape, which he does. Um, he goes on the train, and he sees the pyramid mine, which has the, what's it called, the turbinium,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is, you know, the thing that they're mining on Mars, which is the, it's the most valuable uh, metal or whatever it is and it's what they're they're sending back to earth to fight all the wars basically mm-hmm.
1: right and he basically the, the head hanjo who's in charge of all the mining he's he's just like i can do whatever the hell i want as long as i'm you know as long as i'm sending this to earth or whatever i don't have to I can do whatever the hell I want.
0: Right. So, corrupt. Corruption. Yeah, just a whole lot of corruption. Again, with Paul Verhoeven movies, there's a lot of messages about anti-capitalism, anti-corruption. Sure. A lot of satire in the films.
1: Well, he goes to the club to find, or to talk to some lady that he doesn't know who that, he doesn't know who it is. Right. But he gets the note that says, go to... Go to this club and ask for... Melina, right? Well, Melina, Melina.
0: Melina. Melina. Ask for Melina. And she looks a lot like the woman that he in requested. His, in a, his a recall, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't believe what she's telling him, though, right? So she kind of, you know, holds a gun to his head. Well, she
1: doesn't believe what he's telling her.
0: Right. So she just says, get the fuck out of here. So he returns to the hotel. He's visited at this point by a doctor who's the founder of the recall corporation do you remember this part i uh remind me so he saw this doctor in um one of the recall ads Mm -hmm. on earth the doctor tells him that everything that's happened since his trip to recall is all in his mind all part of his yes a dream and that he's still back in recall right right He's still strapped in the chair. He's in the lab. Yeah. He's So this is like their final attempt to convince him that he. this is all
1: actually not happening. He's still Douglas Quaid. It's all made up in his mind to try to get it back under control. He's
0: saying it's all a dream, right? Right. And he suffered some sort of embolism, but Quaid doesn't believe him. Swallow this. What is it? It's
2: a symbol of your desire to return to reality. Inside your dream, you'll fall asleep.
0: All right. Let's say you're telling the truth and this is all
2: a dream. Then I could put his trigger and it won't matter. It won't make the slightest difference to me, Doug. But the consequences to you would be devastating. In your mind, I'll be dead. And with no one to guide you out, you'll be stuck in permanent psychosis.
1: Right. He's like,
0: if this is just a dream, then if I shoot you, it won't matter. <laughs> the accent's getting better. Hey, thank you. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Let's see. So Edgemar, the the doctor, he opens the door, and Laurie, mm-hmm. Sharon Stone's character, enters, and she's you know pleading with with Arnold Schwarzenegger, saying, "Please come back to us." You know, you're just you're just dreaming. You know?
1: Right. They they convinced him that they were like artificially implanted to be able to get
0: into his dream to like affect his dream, and he's totally not buying it. He's being told that he's in this permanent dream state and that he has to take a pill to get out of it. Mm, The red pill. Right? He has this choice, kind of like the Matrix. Mm -hmm. Do I take the blue pill or or the red pill? And. He puts it in his mouth. Yep. And then
1: shoots the (laughs) guy's brain. Shoots the guy.
2: (laughs) Good. Now take the pill and put it in your mouth. Swallow it. Go ahead, sweetheart. Now
0: you've done it. And then spits it out on his dead body. Yeah. yeah. He considers it for a moment, but, you know, then he just, you know, he kills the guy and, and, uh, you know, accepts this newfound reality. Right. Which and kills his ex-wife? Uh, yeah. He kills his fake wife. Yeah, I mean, Lori starts, you know, fighting him. And right. And he I gets see. the upper hand. Self-defense. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see what happens next. Uh, Melina enters at some point.
1: Mm-hmm. Overall synopsis: So he gets, he goes to the mine. Um, they shut off the oxygen to mm-hmm. like his homies with right. Melinda, Melina, with, Melina. with yes. Melina and his pals that helped him escape, or, and all of that. And then he meets Quato, the leader. Of the rebels and who reads minds. Right. Right? And so Quato helps him, like, regain some of his memory, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then. um... What do you want,
0: Mr. Quay? The same as you, to remember, but I. To be myself again. You are what you do. A man is defined by his action, not his memory. Please. Take my hand. Open your mind. O- open
1: your mind. Gives him some advice and he finds out that some of the artifacts that they found on the planet could actually help make the planet livable right. for everyone. Yeah. That they don't actually need a big dome to protect everyone to you know, feed them oxygen
0: that they have to buy or whatever. Yeah, this third act of the movie is just full of action scenes, basically, and it's just
1: from one thing to another, and the plot really doesn't matter. <laughs> Honestly, I know. mean, no. we don't even remember this. You know,
0: <laughs> the events of this part. I mean, of it's the a movie. little bit convoluted, and I didn't take notes for every single detail. Basically, yeah.
1: all you need to know is that Arnold meets baby, uh, baby Chucky coming out of a dude's stomach. <laughs> He, he's very wise. He's like a miniature Yoda sticking out.
0: Uh, again, of the this practical guy. effects for this I mean, puppet just that mean, has.
1: Insane, scary, <laughs> totally insane. Yeah. And then the people that are trying to kill him, he leads them basically to right to the leader of the of the rebels. They shoot the guy, the baby. Yeah. Right in the oh, they shoot the guy and then they shoot the baby in the head. Right. Like totally crazy. And then he, he finds out. That he was actually still working for them the whole time. Right.
0: They're they're kind of sucked into the the Martian atmosphere mm-hmm. t- toward the end. And the, the bad guy dies, but um, Melina and, and Arnold are are able to save themselves because the uh, they're able to activate the alien the, the, technology the reactor, right?
1: Right. So they push the thing. And then it drills down into into the frozen core of Mars right. to 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 make breathable to air. make oxygen like water vapor or whatever go into the atmosphere and create an atmosphere for Mars in a matter of what two minutes. <laughs> right, very
0: very pretty, very, pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. <laughs> and so they they look out. The sky is blue now. It's not no longer red, dude. But
1: like the eyes bulging and stuff. This this like rivals. It's like. Um, Indiana Jones level shit right here. Yeah, How with it, the bases Yeah, that's like that's what it reminded me of. But like
0: even more believable. Did you ever see the show Face Off on? Oh, was is she, that John Travolta? No, not n- 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 not the movie Face Off. Oh. It's a it's a reality show called Face Off where yeah. contestants compete to make practical effects, especially costumes, and facial masks. Oh, no, that sounds cool. And so they use, you know, prosthetics, they use fake blood, they use all these things to create these creatures, these monsters. Cool. And this movie just kind of reminded me of that, and how, you know, special effects technicians are just amazing. Oh, it was
1: intense, man. Yeah. And I thought, going into it, I thought for a 90s movie, I would be less blown away by the visual effects of it. (laughs) And there were some, okay, there were some things where it was obvious that it was old effects
0: but no this stuff was crazy right and so we're we're nearing the end of the movie right they they have breathable oxygen now a blue atmosphere yeah and quaid is wondering at this point well is this a dream or is it reality right
1: right right at the end of the movie him and his girl are you know together again and melina right they they, they have a kiss he's like what if this is all a
0: dream is it a terrible thought what if this is a dream well then kiss me quick before you wake
1: up and she's like then you better kiss me before you wake
0: up before you wake up right (laughs) (laughs) they they kiss and then the screen instead of fading to black it fades to white Mm -hmm. which is kind of it's a very ambiguous ending right It, it kind of was Doesn't it all say a dream? right. It 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 leaves it ambiguous toward to, to to the viewer to decide whether it was a dream or not.
1: Right. Like it, did the top did the top wiggle? Did it wiggle?
0: <laughs> Is it gonna fall over? I mean, all these movies Inception, Inception this one, they're all in the same category. Right. Yeah. But I love that about movies.
1: I love when a movie leaves it up to the viewer to decide and to make this, to make your own decisions on what you just saw. I love that. It's awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, Josh, I promise I saw this movie. I'm not sure why I forgot so many details about it. That's okay, because Uh, now I have a game. We're going to play a game.
1: (laughs) This game is called Did They Say It? Okay. So there are a lot of quotable lines from this movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is about Arnold. A lot I of 80s, yeah, just
0: just one-liners that are like, the, the get to the chopper. <laughs> <or laughs> go to the chopper.
1: <laughs> but, um, so I wrote down a few of these while okay. I was watching the movie. And so I got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. I have five quotes. Four of them are from the movie.
0: One is an imposter. Okay, so this is like a take on two truths and a lie. Uh, sure. But it's 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 called. Did they say it? All right, five quotes. Did, do we want to do two rounds where you do uh, two quotes and a lie two times, or
1: no? I'm not gonna read them all, and I want okay. you to pick the one that's that's not. In the movie. Okay, okay, okay. I think I can do this. I th- I think you got. I did. I, I made it kind of easy. Okay, so <laughs> I'm and I'm gonna try to say that in my best Arnold voice. That we've already determined is right. terrible. Let will take a a drink for good
0: luck. Okay, the first line is, "Sue me, dickhead." Sue me, dickhead? Mm Mm-hmm. Let's read them all, and then I'll choose the one that I think. Yeah, fair enough.
1: Fair enough. If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Here's another one. A man is defined by his actions, not his memory. And then, you make me wish I had three hands. I know that one's true. Okay.
0: (laughs) Okay. Got one. (laughs) Um, Consider that a divorce. I know that one's true. That's all of them. Okay, so I know the last two are in the movie.
1: By the way, consider that a divorce, like, the best life.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so it's got to be one of the first three. Can I get a reread of the first three?
1: Sumi Dickhead, Uh if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything, and a man is defined by his actions, not his memory.
0: The third third one feels authentic, like it was in the movie. Hmm. Um, Sumi Dickhead. I don't remember where that would be. Sumi Dickhead. Sumi Dickhead. <laughs> Sumi Dickhead. <It laughs> These pretzels are it making me It feels <laughs> like it could be in this movie, but that one just stands out as. You know what? I'm going to say that was in this movie. So I'm going to pick one of the. either two or three.
1: So if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. And a man is defined by his
0: actions, not his memory. Very wise. It's a very clever one. Um, I'm going to go with that one. A man is defined by his actions, not his memories. <laughs> Wrong! Oh, oh, oh. So that, wasn't that, wasn't, oh.
1: that was That wasn't. from Baby Chucky. Baby Chucky, okay, baby okay, Chucky yeah. said, a man is defined by his actions, not his so memory. So it was the second one. Yes. If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything.
0: Okay, well, did did you just come up with that off the top of the um, Don't? Nope, I did a little Google search. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is but that from anything? It's
1: a famous quote by someone, but I didn't read who it was attributed to, so we'll just let it be by a non. So... Well, nice job, Ryan. There is. Very, very well played. You did pretty well, actually. You got uh, several of them correctly. Shoot <laughs> me, dickhead, by the way, is what Arnold tells the Johnny Cab when the Johnny Caps didn't have any money f- from him.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so kind of pinpoint was scene that was from. Yes. Okay.
1: Consider that a divorce. Of course, he's, that's what he says to his Stone, wife, yeah. Sharon Stone, before he shoots her. And you make me wish I had three hands. pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, Josh, uh, I, I don't have a game for you, but I, I have a question. So okay. th- uh, this film deals with memory implants, uh, and I'm, I'm wondering if you had the opportunity to get a memory implant, oh, God. would you do so? And if you say yes, what would that memory be?
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, my immediate reaction is no. I would not want a memory implant. I just feel like once you start putting random shit up there that's not necessarily real, it's like anything goes. I don't know if I can handle that.
0: Okay. So a memory implant basically it's having the opportunity to experience something without experiencing it with in real life.
1: the physical experience, right? Right. But it would be just supposedly just as real as if you had done it,
0: right? And so I think to I think back to the Matrix where, you know, we get the great Neo line, I know kung fu. Right? Like, (laughs) he learns Kung Fu in an instant, where he didn't really experience that. Mm. He just knows Kung Fu. Or or like Trinity, she learns how to pilot a a chopper in an instant, right? So if I could learn a skill, a a skill that would help me, I think yes. I I would get a memory. Non-truck skills. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's going to go out with me. Have you asked anybody yet? No, but who would? I don't even have any good skills. What do you mean? You know, like. Nunchuck skills, bow hunting skills, computer hacking skills. Girls only want boyfriends who have great skills. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so like, like Napoleon Dynamite yeah. dance skills.
1: Also skills! <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds so, cool! So I'd say yes. If, if it were like. You know, learning no, not just a memory. You want, you want some or skills or something? Yeah.
1: I want, I'm down with learning some skills, but I don't know if I necessarily want random memories,
0: though. That's just weird. Yeah. Well, what
1: skill? What skill do you want to learn?
0: Um, I, I, I just think like I'm really into languages, so I, I I'd like I to learn like every languages? language would be cool. Damn, you know, just as, be, be able to speak with anybody.
1: That's cool. You know? That's cool, man. In an instant. I think I would want to learn how to play like inst- some instruments like really really well, you know like. You want to shred, shred the guitar? The, plug me in and then start shredding the guitar, you know? <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> and then, and then with your my with my music skills and your language skills, we'd be like the perfect duo. We could before you know What's make the- we could we could <laughs> a two a two person band where you sing in many languages. Oh, oh okay.
0: And word, while every I the guitar. every word uh, every lyric is a different language. Whoa.
1: That would be cool, man. Do you think there's a
0: song that exists like that? I don't think... No, I probably not. I, I, well, there's,
1: um, there's there's that primary song where they sing in many different languages where they I, say I, hello.
0: I'm not familiar with
1: them. Or they say happy birthday in many different
0: languages. I'm, I'm just thinking of popcorn <laughs> popping on the apricot tree right now. Okay, well... <laughs> so, Total Recall, your first time watching this, right? Yes. What do you think of the... By back? the way... Before I before we get to that,
1: because I want to talk about something else, obviously, for you know another hour. Um, Let's Total it. Recall has a remake,
0: right? Which I've seen, and it was a PG thirteen remake.
1: I have seen. I saw the remake before I saw the original. I, I saw when it came out. I thought it wasn't very good. Yeah, it certainly doesn't compare to the original. So 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 that film. that's a,
0: a good road to go down. What made the original so much better than the remake?
1: God. Well, it's hard for me to really say without having a fresh rewatching of the newer film with Colin Farrell Colin and Kate Farrell, Beckinsale, Kate right? Beckinsale, yeah. Um So I'm not sure. Do you have any thoughts on that? Have you seen it recently?
0: Yeah. I just remember not enjoying the movie very much. I, I well, I haven't seen it recently. I, I saw it when it came out. I think the dystopian future which Verhoeven depicts is very similar to the one he depicts in a lot of his films, where it's not that different from the society in which we live in today, mm-hmm. right? So there's there's a lot of similarities. Technology has changed.
1: Is there a lot more satire in this original?
0: Yeah, I, I, I say there's a lot more satire, but I think just, just keeping it more based in reality helps the original a lot, Where where the characters are familiar, mm-hmm. right? Whereas with the Colin Farrell remake, I think it's it's so muddled in special effects and this really, you know, just dark cinematic dystopia. All, all I remember is, like, dark and raining the entire yeah. time. Whereas, you know, I, I, I think when, when people depict the future more closely related to the present which we live in, I think that's more of what the reality of the future is going to be. Sure. You know? That makes sense. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not sure if that is what made the original great. I think there's so much more to it. I think, you know, the satire, I think uh, the performances are Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sharon Stone and, and the bad guys, the special effects, the, the offbeat humor. Yeah. I mean, it is classic Arnold. Yeah. Right? Like, it's, it's
1: not, it doesn't have the greatest acting chops, but it's like, it's, it's classic Arnold, you know? Yeah, I, I think a lot of people Although
0: make fun of physical, his acting,
1: but his physical yeah. acting, like this parts where he's like literally, yeah. like about to burst. Oh my god! The part where he's strapped in the chair and he breaks off the, a piece of the chair yeah. and like stabs the dude in the neck. Right. But like his the way he makes his face, and that was no. Yeah. There were no special effects. Yeah.
0: Like that was pretty impressive. Th- that's the thing, right? Like with Arnold, I wouldn't give the guy a, an Academy Award for a dramatic performance, but he knows how to command a scene. Sure. Right? And and you can't help but just have your eyes glued onto the screen while he's he's performing. I agree with that, man. So, yeah, he's... I, I wouldn't say he's a bad actor. I think Arnold's a good actor. I think he knows what he's doing. All, you know, accents aside. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean... But, um... <laughs> You know, so we can just chalk this one,
1: you know, on the big heat pile of leave the originals alone. Can we do that? Can we get get to do do that, Brian? Leave the originals alone. Thank you. Don't make
0: another Total Recall. I think they even made like a TV series in the 90s, which was really just (laughs) awful. No, thank you. So, leave the the originals alone. Leave it alone. (laughs) Just listen to me. Most of them, I'd say.
1: Like 99%. Yeah, if, if the original just really sucked...
0: I, okay, fine. Okay, right? if
1: the original is total shit, please do a remake, make it good. But if it's a good original, don't mess with it. You don't need to remake it. Leave it alone.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> All right, let's get some my reviews. eyes, bulge. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Reviews. Josh, your eyes are bulging in a very <clears throat> dramatic way. Very
1: dramatic way. I'm, out, I'm running out of oxygen. Apparently that's just what happens when you run out of oxygen.
0: <clears throat> when
1: your face kind of melts and like...
0: <clears throat> Anyway, There's no oxygen on my No. Oh.
1: <laughs> so uh, I have to give this one a good score because I really loved it. I, I, I so it's interesting because RoboCop didn't really hit it for me. Okay. This movie really hit it for me. Like okay. the themes in this movie, the action in the movie, the special effects. I, I totally think it is a better
0: movie than RoboCop.
1: Okay, good. Yeah, I, well, for me it definitely was. Um, so I'm gonna give this one a really solid. Uh, four golden idols out okay. of five golden idols. It's really solid, and like I said, I really loved the the themes and just all the way around. Enjoyed the movie. Fair
0: enough. I'm not sure what I gave RoboCop.
1: I gave it a, a fairly low score. In fact, it might be one of my. It's definitely one of my I, lowest. I, I know
0: mine was higher than yours. I think yeah. I might have given it a three or a three point five. I do like this one better than RoboCop. I think Verhoeven has a a kind of a, a trifecta of great satirical films the third one would be starship troopers mm-hmm. which i believe is on the list if you ever it is. want to review that yeah i'm i'm gonna join you once again in the handholding club oh my gosh uh, going with the four golden idol on this film two
1: for two we're off to a great start this year
0: yeah i just you know it's one of verhoeven's best and he's one of the masters of political and social satire and Arnold just gives a great performance. This is a great Arnold pick. If, if you're not a fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> after watching this movie, then I don't know what to tell or you. Or if you yeah. are a fan and
1: haven't seen it.
0: Yeah, please watch it. If um, you're a
1: sheltered, you know, formerly sheltered person like me,
0: <laughs> go watch it. Yeah, I, I don't know why you would be an Arnold Schwarzenegger fan if you couldn't watch Rated R movies. Like, you know, his best That's movie. True. So, you know the Terminator... Terminator and this one. I don't know.
1: I guess maybe that's why I was never an Arnold fan. Yeah.
0: Anyways, um yeah, great scores for total recall. We will be back next week listeners with a new movie. Josh, what is that new movie going to be? You know, I, don't know. I was going to ask you this. Woo. For the new year, new year being 2022. Yeah. I was wondering if you would like to do a system where I pick a movie and then you pick a movie, we go back and forth.
1: I'm cool with that. I like that idea. Okay. but I'm, so I So
0: I picked Total Recall. Right. So I think it's your turn then. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and pick the next film. One which I believe you might have seen, but I would like to cover it. I would like to do the Matrix franchise. Ooh, ooh the whole franchise. And this will be episode 19 for us. Nice. So
1: what's the plan then? We want to... Watch all of them and then just talk about all of them in one episode?
0: I would like to, yeah, talk about... I, I would like this to be one episode. I would like... If you can't watch all of them, at least... The first one and the newest watch one? watch the first and the newest okay. one. And maybe parts of the second and third one. Okay. Um, or maybe cool, just man. read plot summaries on, on those two. Yeah, I can do that. But yeah, I... I this is one that I've been dying to talk about. Yeah. It's one that really helped me in my transition out of religion. Cool. And we did very briefly
1: mention in today's episode. So yeah. that'll be a good place to move on to, I think.
0: All right. Cool. All right. Well, listeners, join us for next week where we'll be talking about The Matrix. Yeah. So until then, I'm one of your hosts, Ryan. And, of course, Josh. See you. Bye. Bye.
2: What are you doing?